Hey, welcome to The Recruiting Trail. I'm your host, Andrew Nimick, the recruiting beat writer for The Oregonian and Oregon Live. Each week, this podcast brings you the latest on The Recruiting Trail from the Oregon Ducks, the Oregon State Beavers, and Oregon High School athletes. We're about 24 hours away now from Oregon's Saturday Night Live camp, their showcase event, their big recruiting event of the summer each year. It started a few years ago under Willie Taggart. Mario Cristobal has kept the tradition alive. For folks who don't know, year in, year out, every year in July, Oregon hosts their top prospects in not only the current recruiting cycle, in this case 2022, but also the top prospects that they're targeting in the future, 2023, 2024, all of those prospects expected to be on campus this week and this weekend. It's a huge event. The kids pay their own way. These are not official visits. These are unofficial trips. So any 2023 kid, 2024 kid making this trip is genuinely interested in Oregon. They are paying their own way to check out Oregon. So it's a big deal. It gives you an idea of who Oregon is in it with, again, not only in 2022, but potentially 2023 and 2024. So this is a big event, and every year it's rough roughly 80 to 90 prospects. This is a monster event. In terms of star rating on campus, there are more stars. In other words, a four-star and a three-star means seven stars. There are more stars added up this week for this event than any other week all year. There are probably weekends in the fall that are more important in terms of hosting maybe five, six key official visitors for that recruiting cycle. But in terms of laying the foundation for the future, in terms of the coaching staff being able to work with kids directly and get an idea of sorting out their big boards, who's the most important priority at running back? Who's the most important priority at linebacker? in 2022, 2024, or 2023, uh, this really lays things out for the staff. It helps them, again, compare guys directly. They're lining up, taking reps next to each other. If Oregon were to say, hey, we like the number five linebacker in the country, but we also like this kid rated 35th, we like him better than the fifth, they can potentially run them through the exact same drills back to back, see who runs it better, see who looks better, see who physically has the potential to grow more, and not only that, get them on campus to show them Oregon and what Oregon has to offer. So this event is absolutely massive for constructing a big board of the future. And again, It also potentially helps Oregon close with some of their top 2022 targets. Every year, I think the most important piece, uh, at least foundationally, is to take a look at the commits that are visiting. These are kids that are paying their own way, not only to work out in front of the coaching staff, not that they have anything to prove, they've already got an offer and committed, but they're also coming to help recruit. They're coming to help bring future talent to Eugene with them. And so these kids deserve, these young men deserve a lot of credit for taking the trip, especially if they're coming from far away, like quarterback Tanner Bailey. Tanner Bailey making the trip. Not only is he going to work out with Moorhead and, and obviously Cristobal get a look at him, but also he's going to be thrown to some receivers. And if that goes well, he said, hey, we can connect in Eugene in the future. So definitely something to watch. Steven Johnson, the three-star wide receiver out of Texas. He has been a major peer recruiter for Oregon. He is reaching out to kids constantly. Same with Tanner Bailey. Those guys are working. They're putting in work to make sure they bring teammates. So not a surprise to see those two names kind of headlining, headlining the list of commits who are coming. Uh, Dave Ayuli, the recently committed number 10 interior offensive lineman in the country who could 
could also play some defensive tackle. He's making the short trip from Washington. Uh, Amarion Winston, the D lineman at a Central Catholic. I know, you know, he did an interview with Tom Lemming and, and they asked him about his recruitment. He's committed to Oregon and, and then didn't say that in his interview. In fact, said he's still interested in schools that are still interested in him. So it will be interesting to see if this weekend goes well. I think you could see that relationship strengthen and Amarion Winston really lock into a future in Eugene. If this weekend doesn't go real well, I could see a mutual parting of ways with Amarion Winston at a Central Catholic. Sir Mells is making the trip, the defensive tackle out of Nevada. He is expected to be in Eugene. Linebacker TJ Dudley out of Alabama. Other recruits have said he is coming. The other commits have told me he's coming. I have not heard that directly from him. He's one of the only ones who hasn't directly uh, confirmed out of this entire list. And then Trajan Williams, the four-star All-American safety out of Jefferson, expected to make the trip. Those are the commits that are supposed to be there. And then I thought the best way to do this is to headline, uh, to highlight, excuse me, some of the key names at each position that will be in Eugene. Again, at each position, there are probably 10 to 15 prospects that are visiting. Some of them are 2023s and 2024s who have never been rated. They've never played a snap, particularly some of the kids who are at elite programs. There are four four and five-star prospects starting at quarterback or running back ahead of them. So they've only taken freshman snaps or JV snaps in a shortened season. So they don't have much of a profile right now, but they are seen as prospects of the future. When you've got a 2024 kid coming into Oregon and he's invited to this camp or he confirms that he's coming to this camp, that's a big statement, even if he doesn't have any stars next to his name. So some of these names right now, Probably fans are like, okay, he's not rated. That's he's a 2024, whatever. And if we fast forwarded three years from now and he was taking an official visit, it would be headline major news because by then he'll be considered the number six quarterback in the country, the number four quarterback in the country. So this stuff escalates very quickly. It's kind of important to pay attention to the names. This is one of those events that's a real deep dive event. Keep track of these kids for the next three, four years to find out what's going to be happening with their recruitments. It's not necessarily all going to shake out this weekend. At the quarterback position, uh, William Watson, the 2023 quarterback, one of the big names to watch, confirmed he is visiting. He's already got offers from Michigan, Oregon, Tennessee. Another one of those kids, not necessarily uh, a highly rated recruit because he hasn't really been evaluated, but the offer sheet for a 2023 tells you he is a special talent and going to be highly, highly rated. Uh, Brad Birch is expected to make the trip. One of the recruits told me that, that he had mentioned he's coming. Brad Birch has not told me directly that he's coming, but again, one of the recruits said that he talked to him and he is coming. He's a 2024 kid out of Pennsylvania making the trip cross country. He already has an offer from Oregon as a 2024 prospect. Brad Birch will be in attendance. Uh, Jaden Rashada is the number five quarterback in the nation for the class of 2023. He's already got offers from Auburn, Florida, Penn State, Washington, and recently visited Clemson. He will be in attendance at Oregon's camp, as will 2024 De La Salle Carson Suisue. And Carson Suisue uh, was a pro NFL Pro Football Hall of Fame All-American as an eighth grader. He's at De La Salle. Again, he's only a 2024, so there's still a long way to go in his recruitment, but had a chance to talk to his dad uh, just today, in fact, just as early, you know, late in the week, just right before this this event, and, he, and he's not only planning on coming, but looking forward to the trip. So, a uh, really nice body on that kid, six foot three, six foot four. Uh, I don't know exactly how much he weighs, but just pictures of him, you can see how he would add 
add 20, 25 pounds and just look like a monster. There's a reason he projects as an elite recruit and he already has several offers, big time talent. He's visited national programs as a 2024, certainly someone uh, that Oregon fans should keep an eye on three star running back in the running back department. Roderick Robertson uh, is expected to Robinson, excuse me, is expected to visit three star prospect. Oregon always looking for those hidden gems at running back. The headliner probably of the running back group right now is Jaden Lamar a top 10 running back nationally in the class of 2023. He's got offers from all over the place, recently visited Ohio State, a special talent. He's out of Washington uh, making the trip to Oregon. That's going to be a tough recruitment because he is going to blow up and be a national recruit, but certainly somebody Oregon's keeping an eye on. Uh, and again, you know, when I when I go over the names and I only mention two, three running backs, that doesn't mean that's all that's visiting. There's probably 10 to 12 guys at each position. I'm just trying to highlight the top name guys that fans will recognize because if I went through every name that I've confirmed is visiting, again, we're talking 80 to 100 prospects uh, and it'll bog you down real quick when I start, you know, when we go 85 name deep of this kid's a 2024, this kid's a 2023, this kid's a 2022. It's just too dense in a podcast to go over all of it, but we will have a lot of reporting throughout the month of August about how these visits went for all these kids. So even if they aren't mentioned necessarily in this podcast, they will be mentioned uh, in a story that I write in, in the month of August because this is what I'm doing in August. I'm following up on this event for the entire month, essentially, trying to find out how things went and, and structure my big board that I keep at home of priorities for Oregon and, and try to do the guesswork to figure out exactly who the priorities are, not only for 2022, but 2023 and 2024. At wide receiver, there are really multiple players to keep an eye on. There are a couple local stars I really like, Amarion Kelly and Keenan Spear Johnson. Uh, I really like both those young men, three-star prospects who I think have kind of been underrated. I don't; They're not going to be Oregon scholarship guys, in my opinion, but certainly if they ended up walking on at Oregon, they could end up making noise. I really like those players. Uh, this group is deep, but the headliner without question is five-star wide receiver Kevin Coleman. Uh, had a chance to, you know, he was kind of up in the air a little bit about whether he was coming. That was always the plan, but until you know for sure. Uh, you don't want to make a big deal about it, but but he is planning on making the trip one of the top three or four receivers in the entire country. Oregon would love to get him to cap this wide receiver class, and what a monster get that would be. Offers from all over the country, a tough recruitment, but they've certainly got a chance. Four-star wide receiver uh, Hassan Mahasan is visiting. He's one of the top 25 athletes in the country. He's probably a top 30 wide receiver. Talented player, offers from all over. Oregon's real tight at receiver. So it'll be interesting to see if they get a guy like a Kevin Coleman. I don't know if there'd be room for Hassan. If Hassan's ready to commit right now, uh, which I don't necessarily think is the case, then he's probably a take. It's going to be interesting because that wide receiver room at this point, very, very tight. Not only did they get guys last year, but they already have multiple commitments this year. So things are pretty tight in that wide receiver room. And then four-star wide receiver, the local talent, the All-American Darius uh, Clemens will be making the trip to Oregon. He will not be participating in Saturday Night Live. He is not hurt, uh, but he's going more for a visit, which is great news. Had a chance to talk to his dad uh, again today, the day before Saturday Night Live is when we're recording this. And he's really looking forward to this trip. This is a big visit for him. He's visited recently Penn State and Auburn, and he's got offers from it. He's got an offer from Alabama, 
big time recruit, Oregon's got a shot here in a big way. And one of the things his dad mentioned is that Oregon has done a phenomenal job, not just recruiting Darius, but recruiting the entire family. They have prioritized the entire Clemens family. Darius, uh, they've certainly made an impression and made a move with Darius recently. Things have really picked up there. So this is an interesting and very important trip for him. Again, he's not participating in the camp. He's not going to show out. He's going strictly as a business trip to take a visit and bond with the coaching staff. That's a very good sign for Oregon. I think you could probably make the argument that a few months ago, it didn't seem like Oregon was trending in the right direction for Clemens. Uh, now it certainly feels like they are. And if they do, uh, that would mean beating out Alabama, Auburn, Penn State for an in-state player, an All-American Bowl selection. So something to watch. The tight end position on the West Coast. I've mentioned this on the radio show. If you don't know about the radio show, I have a radio show on 1080 The Fan recruiting with Andrew Nemec from 7 to 8 p.m. on Thursday nights. I mentioned the tight end position in the class of 2023 on the West Coast is maybe the deepest in history. There are five or six guys in the West region who in most years would have an argument to be the number one or number two tight end, certainly in the West region, but possibly even the country. You could be the number five tight end in the West region in the class of 2023, and in a normal year, you might be the number three tight end nationally. It's just an incredibly deep year. Oregon hosting two of them. Uh, Walker Lyons is visiting. He's the number, I think, 10 tight end in the country, but he's the number one tight end in California. Certainly has a chance to rise up boards. Really, really talented kid. A lot of offers. And then Riley Williams, the Central Catholic athlete. I heard a lot of reports about Riley. People have been hyping Riley for a number of years, a couple years now. Uh, and, and I went and saw him in person, made a point of going and seeing him during the spring season. And my takeaway, and I don't often say this, is despite the glowing reviews I got from everybody, Riley Williams, in my mind, in my scouting report, is better than the absolute best report I got from anyone else. I am higher on Riley Williams than anyone I know. There are people who think he's a top five tight end nationally, and I think he's got a chance to be the number one tight end nationally. Riley Williams, to me, is absolutely phenomenal. He's a 2023 kid, so he just finished his sophomore year. He's six foot seven, 230 pounds. He's incredibly fluid. He's got soft hands. He's a willing, developing blocker who will be a good blocker. Uh, his brother, Corbin Williams, who I loved as a Central Catholic wide receiver, is a walk-on at Oregon. Both of Riley Williams' uncles played for Oregon. Oregon definitely is going to have the inside track for Riley Williams. This is arguably and has a chance to be the best pure prospect I've covered in my four or five years covering things at the Oregonian. That's how good Riley Williams is. Talanoa Hafunga is the highest rated kid I've covered out of Oregon while I've been the recruiting reporter. Uh, he at one point was a five star. I do think he dropped down to a, a high, high four star by the end. Riley Williams at the tight end position to me has a chance to still be a top 40 prospect in the country by the time it's all said and done. Monster recruit, Love the kid, love the family, can't say enough about Riley Williams. And I've been banging that drum. Riley Williams is way more special than anyone realizes at this point. And this week, again, he hasn't even started his junior year yet. He picked up offers from Florida State and Tennessee. He has a chance to be a 30-40 scholarship offer player. That's how good he is. So he will be in attendance, family reunion of sorts, hanging out with Corbin potentially. 
will be interesting to watch how things go. They are not the only tight ends, but again, highlighting the major names. A number of O-linemen are going to be there, but the two I'm really watching are, are Micah Benuelos, who's the number 17 interior offensive lineman, got a chance to really rise up from that. That might be his floor. Uh, I think he's going to end up being better. I think he's going to end up being higher than that out of Washington. And then Spencer Fano. I had a chance to talk to Spencer Fano, the number four offensive tackle in the entire country for the class of 2023. He's fired up about this trip. And he's been kind of champing at the bit uh, for the opportunity to meet this coaching staff face to face. COVID kept him from making this trip a few times. He wants to see Eugene. He is very excited about this visit. And this could be a monster visit for Oregon. I don't necessarily expect that he'd commit by any stretch this early. It's way too early. But I do expect that Oregon is going to be a serious player for him for a long time. Spencer Fano may be the number one offensive tackle in the entire West. Region for next year. And right away, first thing he said when I said, What are you thinking about this trip? He said, I'm so excited because with COVID, I want, you know, I built that relationship with the staff, but I, you know, the COVID shutdown, but I wasn't able to go see them. And I'm so excited to actually meet all these guys in person. So that's a big one. Uh, the D line group is impressive. There are a number of names to highlight here, but really the big name and really the biggest name potentially of this whole week or this whole weekend is Cyrus Moss. Cyrus Moss is the number four edge rusher in the entire country. 24-7 sports usually makes their cut list, their five-star cut list, 32. There are 32 first-round picks in the NFL draft, so that's how many guys each year at the end, in the comp- I think it's the composite rankings, it might be their rankings, get uh, a fifth star. But before the year's over, uh, the, the list is always right around, you know, it starts out at like seven in when they're, you know, freshmen, and then it drops down to like 12 and 15, and they slowly add until they get to 32. Right now, Cyrus Moss is a top 32 prospect nationally. So if signing day were today... And 24-7 Sports finalized their rankings. Cyrus Moss would be a five-star prospect. He's already visited. He's He loved his visit. He bonded with Kayvon Thibodeau. He said, not only are we the same physically, so I know Oregon knows what to do with me, but also we are the same kind of person. And Kayvon Thibodeau has had a ton of success at Oregon. He's grown. He fe- he's thrived in Eugene. He loves Eugene. He feels he feels you know taken care of, but also uh, not suffocated. T- Kayvon Thibodeau's been allowed to be his own man in Eugene and grow. And that all stood out to Cyrus Moss. I've predicted that Cyrus Moss will eventually choose Oregon. I think that could come sometime uh, in the next few months. We will see. I don't know if he's going to wait until the late signing period. I just don't see him waiting till February to pull the trigger. I do think that this is a big visit to confirm what we already know in terms of Cyrus Moss loves Oregon. He's visited Alabama. He's visited Notre Dame. He's got options, lots of options. This might, in my opinion, from an athletic standpoint, he maybe doesn't have as high a floor as the number one edge rusher in the country. But in terms of ceiling, in terms of how good he could potentially be if he maximizes his physical skills, you could make a strong argument that no edge rusher in America has a higher ceiling than Cyrus Moss. If we're going to fast forward three or four years and say, who's the next cave on Thibodeau uh, out of this class of 2022, the obvious choice is Cyrus Moss. They are very, very similar. And I think Cyrus Moss has a chance to develop into a top five pick in the NFL draft if it all comes together. Sometimes guys flame out. Sometimes guys end up being very average. But if it all comes together, Cyrus Moss could be a, a high, high NFL draft pick. So he is maybe 
maybe the biggest name to watch. The linebacker group, I love. I love this linebacker group that Oregon's bringing in. It's a ton of young kids, young men who are developing, who are two, three years away from really blossoming in their recruitments. But that being said, they all expect to be national recruits. Ramir Davis is a class of 2024 athlete. Uh, oh, I just butchered his name. Leviticus Sua. I spelled it so wrong. I combined Leviticus and Sua on my list. So it's Leviticus but it's Leviticus Sua. He's a class of 2023 athlete. Both those young men are from modern day and both of them are already national recruits. They already have offers from coast to coast, a 2024 and 2023 linebacker. They are both confirmed visiting, uh, made things certain and locked it in as far as I was concerned today. That's when I found out for sure that they were visiting again this we're taping this on Friday right before uh, I finalize my list and start pumping out stories on this thing. And then Danny knew a 2024 prospect, another potential national prospect going to be interesting to see what he develops into. And there's, there's more, there's a lot more of those young linebackers, but those are really the three headliners. Those three linebackers could all end up being top six or seven linebackers in the country. And so right now, like Ramir Davis, he's the 2024, he's a no-star prospect. And so there's not a lot being made of what he is right now. I know Leviticus Sua, when the rankings first came out, was the number one inside linebacker in the country. He's dropped down a little bit, but he's still one of the best linebackers in the country. Uh, Danny New, not yet rated, but another kid who potentially could end up being a top three, four linebacker in the country. That's how good these guys are. So they're doing the, the groundwork early, which I really like to see. If we're looking at the deepest position for the week, it's unquestionably defensive back. Uh, some of that depth comes from the fact that these are proven guys. Oregon's going, you know, some of these other groups I mentioned, a lot of 2023s, a lot of 2024s. The DB group is a lot of 2022s and really talented 2022. So there are some really good DBs. You know, I mentioned that Cyrus Moss is the top prospect probably coming. The number two prospect coming is Jalil Tucker, the number four athlete in the entire country, a four-star DB, a big-time talent. A lot of people think he's going to choose Oregon. That race is tighter than people are reporting. In fact, I have it from a really good source that if it ended as of a week ago or two weeks ago, if it ended that day, it wouldn't have been Oregon, that Oregon wasn't running first even while people are making all these predictions that he's going to Oregon, um, that is not necessarily what's going on internally. Oregon has a great shot. This visit could leapfrog Oregon back to first, but I think the idea that he's almost a slam dunk to Oregon is wrong. And again, I have that on a pretty, pretty solid source. I feel very comfortable that that's right. This visit could change that. In fact, he could potentially commit if this visit goes well. Oregon's right there, but they're just not the absolute unquestioned leader like I think some people are reporting. Caleb Presley out of Washington, he's already got something like 25 scholarship offers, four-star corner, one of the top 20 corners, top 25 corners in the country. Uh, Jalil Florence, the four-star corner, tweeted out that he'll be visiting. He and, and Jalil Tucker, uh, the Jalils, could both end up uh, choosing Oregon. That would not be a shock. I think Florence might be closer than Tucker, even though a lot of people think Tucker is closer. Uh, but we will see four-star cornerback Dalen Austin has, has confirmed that he will be visiting. And then four-star athlete Carlos Wilson, he's the number 23 athlete in the country. He is a future corner safety, uh, maybe a Jamal Hill type. We will see how he develops. That is the list of visitors. And again, I left off 
safely 60 names, 70 names. And I did that because I can get into, you know, two star prospects who are visiting and, and even, you know, here are a list of 15, 20, 24s who are visiting that are currently not rated. And unless you really dig deep, you're not going to know that those guys two, three years from now are probably going to be four star prospects, but they're not right now. Their offer sheets right now aren't that impressive, but they will be. And so this is a huge, huge deal for laying the foundation for 2023. There's been a lot made of some five star prospects who are visiting that are not visiting. And and if you, um, if you follow other news sources and other places on, and just I've seen stuff on social media, uh, and I want to go over some of those names so folks know that those kids have confirmed to me directly they are not visiting. Oregon commit Kelvin Banks, the five-star offensive tackle, is not making this trip. He already had to pay his own, you know, he already took an official visit. I guess he didn't have to pay his own way. Um, not going to pay his own way for this trip. He says he's still solid to Oregon, that he is locked into Oregon, but he's not making the trip. Jaden Wayne in the class of 2023, one of the top 20 prospects in America might end up being the number, he's a top three or four defensive lineman in the entire country for 2023. Jaden Wayne uh, is focused on football this week and they have a tournament and that's actually keeping a couple of prospects that were rumored to be making the trip from making the trip. Jabari Johnson's the number seven quarterback in the nation. He's a four star prospect. He and Jaden Wayne play for FSP. Neither of those guys making the trip. They're locked in to a big tournament this weekend and not going to have time to make the trip. Both are interested in Oregon. This is not Oregon's out of it for either one. It's just that they're busy. So that happens sometimes. And I, and I think fans sometimes hopefully, uh, understand like, Hey, they didn't necessarily expect to have a tournament in the middle of July, but they do. So they're not going to make the trip. Uh, Ruben Owens is a five star running back. He announced his commitment to the Under Armour All American game, uh, within the last, you know, sometime this week. He's not making the trip either, not going to be able to make that trip. And, and that one's really not a surprise. I think Oregon, as of right now, is an also ran. I think potentially the Saturday Night Live event was a chance for them to firmly enter the mix if that went really well. But as it stands, right now, uh, that's a lot for a kid who probably has Oregon fifth or sixth, certainly not first uh, on his list to pay his own way when he's got a lot going on. So those guys are not making the trip. I am still working on Dante Moore. I know uh, it's been reported and there's been rumblings about it. I, I think I saw it with Duck Swag on Instagram, a fan account that uh, tends to kind of conglomerate and, and, and combine various reports from all over on top of doing their own reporting. And I've seen that Dante Moore is visiting. That is still up in the air. In fact, it, uh, I am not 100% certain he's making that trip, but he is one of the top four or five quarterbacks uh, in the country. So if Dante Moore is making that trip, that is a five-star quarterback. I will know that for sure, hopefully, uh, very shortly. And, and maybe even by the time you're listening to this podcast, I will have tweeted that he is visiting. You can check out my Twitter account at Andrew Nemec. Uh, I've tweeted a number of prospects, even that I didn't mention on this pod of people who are visiting. So if you want the nitty gritty of who's visiting, that is a good way to check that out. We're going to take a very quick break. And when I get back on the other end, we'll talk about some big news for Oregon State football that, that ties in locally. They lost a key commitment here uh, just within the last, you know, just late this week, just within the last little bit here. So we'll break that down next. 
Welcome back. As I mentioned, a big decommitment for Oregon State. They lose to Walleton, three-star wide receiver, DB. He'll play what he's expected to play wide receiver in college. Cole Prusha. Uh, Cole Prusha is decommitting. Uh, he confirmed, I heard some rumblings, and then he confirmed those via text message on Friday afternoon. Cole Prusha, the Oregon Gatorade Player of the Year, nominated for National Player of the Year, really had a phenomenal season. He was unquestionably a first-team all-statewide receiver. And Prep Red Zone Oregon uh, actually listed him as the defensive player of the year. So a first team All-State receiver who was also picked by one outlet as the defensive player of the year in Oregon. That's how impactful he was last season for Tualatin, a very, very talented six foot three, 200 pound wide receiver. There's a lot of time left. Uh, for Oregon State to kind of uh, overcome that loss. And, and not only that, but if we're being candid here, Oregon State's deepest position from a recruiting standpoint right now is wide receiver. They just picked up John Dunmore, the All-American uh, who transferred from Penn State. He was a high school All-American. So they're very deep at wide receiver. I think from a from the standpoint of you know, in terms of how much this hurts the recruiting class, I don't think it does. I think if you're Oregon State, what you're more concerned about is making sure you continue to have ties, strong ties to the home state of Oregon. But again, I don't necessarily, I just recently earlier this week did a top five com- most important commitments in Oregon State's class. Uh, Cole was not on it and was not one of the honorable mention guys. That doesn't mean I don't think he's talented. That doesn't mean I don't think he's good. But one of the things I mentioned in that podcast is this is based on ratings of if this kid were to decommit, what would happen if they had to get next man up? How big would the drop-off be from this player to the next player on their board? And and there's so many wide receivers and it's so early that I really do think with Cole decommitting, if they decide to go after another receiver, they're going to get a comparable player. Now, they might not get a comparable player in Oregon. So it does sting with the Oregon ties a little bit. But in terms of in terms of you know overall value in this class, I think Oregon State can get a similarly valued player uh, by signing day. So that is a big piece of news for Oregon State. Again, I think people might react differently. Uh, than the realistic outcome. It always hurts to lose an Oregon Gatorade player of the year, but that being said, from a recruiting standpoint, it's their deepest position, and I do think next man up is going to be a comparable player. So a bigger, splashier headline than it is in reality a major loss for the program. But that said, I like Cole, and I wish him the best. It would not shock me. I know he's a very high academic athlete. It would not shock me if he's one of those rare, rare kids, rare, rare athletes who kind of puts academics way ahead of athletics and actually ends up deciding to go to an academic minded school, like an Ivy League school or a Duke or a Northwestern or something like that. Um, I think Duke's one of the high end. Isn't Duke one of the high ends? I don't know. You know, Vanderbilt, I guess, is the one I'm thinking of, but a uh, really high academic athletes. He doesn't have an offer from Stanford, so that's not an option. But I could really easily see him going somewhere where people go, well, that's not as good a football school. And and the answer will probably be, no, it's not. But they're a 4.0 academic school. And, and I think that's very likely to be his future. I think he's probably making an academic decision, but we will see. Again, he confirmed DD committed, but I haven't talked to him about the specifics. He has not added a major offer. I know he had Ivy League interest. So I'm trying to put the pieces together there and find out exactly what he's doing. So that is it 
for this edition of The Recruiting Trail. If you like the podcast, please write a review on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. You know what? We talk about four and five-star prospects all the time. I wouldn't mind a five-star review uh, calling me a five-star host, although uh, let's be honest, I think I'm more of a three-star host. And and since Oregon and Oregon State are so interesting to cover, it's five-star content. So hopefully you're willing to give a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Obviously, there's Apple Podcasts. There's a number of avenues to subscribe. Thank you, as always, for listening to this. I'm always flattered when I hear people talking about uh, listening to podcasts, whether they email me arguing or or saying thank you. Uh, I actually heard from a Pac-12 coach uh, recently that they listened to the podcast and had some thoughts and, and that was very flattering. I, I, you know, I've done a number of these who start and stop podcasts. This is the one we're going to stick with though, but I've had a number of iterations of a podcast and I know they used to be listened to by all the high school athletes in Oregon because we predict game scores and things like that. And, and I know it used to get used as motivation in pregame. I had a number of three or four different times I had coaches tell me that, or players tell me that what I predicted was part of the pregame pep talk for the other team that like, Hey, Nimic predicts you're going to lose by 14. So to hear that starting again from a Pac 12 coach, like, Hey, listen to the podcast, uh, is a great sign that, that we're definitely hitting the right notes. So, Again, thank you for listening. It's very flattering. I'm hearing a lot of positive feedback, so I hope we can keep the ball rolling. That's one of the reasons we're doing two this week. I'll be back next week probably with two podcasts. Not only will we take a look at SNL, and that might even come out this weekend, definitely by Monday. I'll have a breakdown of the Saturday Night Live event, who were the top prospects, any commitments that potentially could happen. Um, Hopefully I will have talked to Cyrus Moss by then and we'll get a chance to break down how his visit went because he is probably the key prospect visiting. But then also we'll have our normal weekly pod. Thanks.